Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Give me the up top uh, from the top, from the bottom, down, down low from the top. <laughs> What's it? Top, up top, up front. What is it that she says? Up top. Housekeeping, Housekeeping up top. Housekeeping up top. Okay. Welcome back to the Creep Dive. My name is Cassie Delaney. I'm Sophie White. And I'm Jen O-W-Y-E-R. No, you spelled it wrong. D-O, no, O. D-W-Y-E-O Okay Welcome back That was smooth It was wasn't it Are you confused Do you think anyone Can differentiate Between who we are From you know I've had a lot of people here Say Oh actually Because when Sophie and I Were hanging out casually And socially last Friday I put a picture up In the creep dive And someone commented Oh that's what you guys look like Because we have no other Visuals for the creep dive Other than No no The logo We've never taken a photo together, the three of us. Oh, true. One does not exist. Well, no, one of me and Sophie exists. You did and a story one of me once. And Sophie exists. Oh. We've never had a photo together. It's just me and two incredibly lifelike ventriloquist dummies with my hand up your arses. I'm the real talent. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, listeners. If you're ever like, oh, I'm a Jen. No, I'm a Cassie. No, friends. <laughs> 
They're the all me. So many people are like that. Is I need to wash my hands after just describing about, it, about yeah, them it was being gross. up your eyes. Um, so <laughs> up to my elbow, I'm picturing. Guys, that would be no problem. Up to my elbow and Jen. Housekeeping up top. Go follow us at the Creep Dive on Instagram at Tall Tales Podcasts and subscribe to us on Patreon. It's four dollars a month. It's the price for coffee. Actually, we can buy loads of coffees now. We really appreciate your support. Um, but please subscribe. There is no benefit other than a cool tote, which is going to be posted out at the end of there June. There is a benefit because you, you make us keep doing it. Yeah, yeah we do have to keep that. doing it. We get paid to do it and and um, that feels nice. And we keep doing totes, don't we? We keep doing totes. Totes so my goats. Every time a patron signs up, a new tote falls from the sky and gets its <laughs> wings or whatever. And if you leave us a review, we will read out our favorite review of the week and we will send that person a tote if that person also goes to our Instagram and DMs us because we can't get your details from iTunes. Do you know, uh, thanks to Frankie. Thanks, Frankie. Who won last week. Frankie says relax. And told us to we can politely to shove our totes up our hall. <laughs> I thought he said to donate our tote to charity. Oh, did he? Yeah, I, I thought we were going to post it want to uh, a tote, a, tote. A, a future tote. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they'd want these totes. <laughs> I, yeah, it's like giving someone a bag. You know, when you get a bag as a present, you're like, no, no. You're supposed <laughs> to put something in the bag. There's actually something so sad about somebody declining our free merch. <laughs> like, no, free. guys. Just keep it to yourselves. Nice. We could do like a creep dive lotto where if you subscribe and become our Patreon, we'll give you that once a month of Patreon, but that'll never work in our favor. <laughs> Why would you say that out loud? Pyramid scheme. So no, I was just thinking about it. How do we give this we, money away? We'll give you one fifth of the money. How does the lotto work? Anyway, back in the room. Review of the week. Vanna Will left this on Monday. I cannot stop listening. It's a problem. Send help. Well, Brief we won't send you help. Room. We will send you a tote. We will send you a tote, which will be helpful for everybody. So, Vanna Will, please message us on Instagram. Well, I have an exciting creep of the week. Yay! It's Moby. <gasps> <gasps> oh, yeah. Let's do it. Natalie Portman stuff. Well, that. And? But also, the mm-hmm. game of knob touch he played when he rubbed... His flaccid Mickey on Donald Trump at what? a party. Yeah, it's in his book. But how? how? So apparently, this was a game that they were. He used to play with his pals. It like it's called. Movie does not. Help. It's it's a porn thing. Sorry, it's a fetish thing. It's called frottage. Oh, frottage, of course. Frottage. But he doesn't. He didn't reference that. He frottage just called break. it knob touch, and was very clear in the interview I listened to that it was he was flaccid. Mm. And he had only played it once. Yeah, right. And the person he chose to do it to was Mo- was Donald Trump. So at the time of his mad success, he was at various super duper parties with lots of famous people. Yeah. Yeah. Because Moby was obviously famous at the time and is not now. Yes. And that's what his whole book is about. But then the Natalie Portman thing is just sad. Yeah. So I didn't, yeah, tell us about it. He just claimed to go out with her and have a brief relationship with her when and she was like, she, nah. When he was 33. <laughs> and she was like... Oh, now he said in his book that she was 20. But in fact, if you just check her date of birth and the year he's... She was 18 at the time. And uh, she's basically said, no, this didn't happen. Uh, we were, we weren't an item. But he, he went in and the book to describe like... 
kissing her and spending a night in her dorm room. He didn't oh. mention sex, but he mentioned kind of she, her falling asleep on him in a romantic way. And then him oh kind God. of peeling her off and, and leaving him like a, a gentleman. Who fucking knows? Yeah. Against the. But he said. Slumbering. He, so Natalie she said, Portman. no, it yeah. didn't happen. Then he started posting all these pictures of them together. Yeah. Which is just her looking uncomfortable standing beside and a bald man. Super young. Yeah. Like it did nothing to help him. No. It was like, stop. So sorry. Drawing our after, attention to just how young she was. After Natalie Portman came out and said that this was not a relationship and clarified the situation, he still came back and said, no, it was a relationship. Here's visual Initially. proof oh, he went of an uncomfortable like, teen. Mm. Oh, yeah. He went on a kind of a, a visual counter attack. Um, Which he was like, if somebody denies, if you think back into your past and you somebody have, denied a relationship with you. Yeah. Would you? No. You know, say, no, no. We were together. Do you know? Did you ever... Did you ever be dared to shift someone when you were in school? Of course. And they would go, you'd go off together. This haunts me. Yeah. You'd go off together and they would say, let's just tell everyone we shifted. Massive amount of times. It happens. I actually bumped into him in Cafe and Send there on Friday night. And? We still obviously didn't shift. Did you go, should we just tell everyone we shifted again? (laughs) And then walk away in your opposite directions for life. Sad but true. Yeah. A couple of times. It's gutting me because I've gone on to Moby's Instagram to try and find So what the he's done with all of this, because uh, he's obviously, he's a super vegan and major animal rights activist and he's yeah. gotten all this attention from the Stanley Portman thing and he's and chosen. He looks like a condom, doesn't he? Massively. Like a used one. Mm. And then he's used all this, att- he's taken this attention and turned it into, well, now my platform can be used for good. And But in a way it just smacks of, it's even worse you know yeah sort no, of there's, you know the way they used to say there's no such thing as bad pl- bad publicity yeah publicity well there is now like and that's it yeah you can't come out and say that you had this relationship with a teen she denied it, you insist on it and then be like but think of the animals that's exactly Doesn't what work. he's trying to yeah. do yeah so he did release an apology in, in a way but it was a bit like if you can bring it up there i think it's on his instagram yeah he it said says, like oh you it's funny how we remember things differently. I mean, it was, there's no way. It... Oh, yeah. All he says basically is like, as some time has passed, I've realized that many of the criticisms leveled at me regarding my inclusion of Natalie. In It's still like, it's weirdly intimate as well to be insisting on just like Natalie. Like Nat. Nat. <laughs> um, are very valid. Um, I also fully recognize that it was truly inconsiderate of me to not let her know we had been in a relationship. Fine, oh. <laughs> She's basically I'm saying... I'm joking about that bit. Um, he's, <laughs> he says that he has a lot of admiration for her and he's tried to treat everyone in the book with dignity and respect, but it was truly inconsiderate of me to not let them know that I had rubbed my flaccid peen on the... No, la, 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 don't sue us, Moby. He didn't say that either. <laughs> Moby's not listening to this. What? Moby's he's not, not listening. He's one Moby? of the bad reviewers. He's, he left one star and said, not for me. <laughs> he left a lengthy review and said, maybe it's just not, not my bag. Um, but what anyway, he then, yeah, with the kind of... Obviously, the eyes that are on his account right now, he's sort of gone on to say, you know, I don't know how long the media will be fixated on me. 
Um, I thought I'd take advantage of the spotlight to draw attention to some of my favorite organizations um, and then goes on to tag, um, you know, at Animal Equality, at Greenpeace USA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. Look, ah, I don't know. I kind of think it's a very say... creep light because I am there going, oh, like I can see both sides of this one. I can see, you know, mm. I, for, for, I'd, I'd be an, you know, 18 year old relationship denier. Do you know, like those guys when you're 18? Yeah. No, yeah. at this stage, she, was, she, she has no fucks to give. She's Natalie Portman. She doesn't care. I think it's safe to say that Moby's a dick. That's funny. Yeah, but if it looks like a dick, if it talks like a dick. That was just funny because yeah. it's classic. Yeah. But I was sorry. thinking, don't you somewhere. think it's weird <laughs> that we're all just going to brush off, no pun intended, uh, the fr- the <laughs> frotaging. Just because he's doing it to someone we like even less than Moby. <laughs> yeah, I still don't think it's okay. Okay, but, okay, no. Not okay. Not Okay. I just don't think you're allowed to do that. Who's who's so allowing many him? Things you're not allowed to do, and he's just doing them. And <laughs> you know, just let's just stop giving him airspace. Don't okay, well that's the queep queep of the week. Queep of the week. If queep, queep, of, queep of the, of the week. week would be a good slot. <laughs> okay, so um, and I'm just going to say it up top that it's my week off. I don't have a story this week, and um, because. I misunderstood the situation and thought that's what we did. So I <laughs> this can't is believe fully news to me. Last and week, me. last well, week's last no week... show by me was the first ever. I've never not come. Yeah, but we with used to just do when <laughs> we started this podcast and we had a bit of when we had a bit of a um, structure, shall we say, on it. We did a shorty, a midi, and a longy, and someone would come with a snippet. Remember back in the days when I told the story about Alan Rickman, that level. Yeah, but I want then the we just evolved back. into all doing long. Stories, That's narcissistic madness, and our, right. and, and our episodes being three hours, and now I'm just scaling it back again, guys. But much the disappointment of our listeners, we're recording two episodes tonight, and I've got nothing. So for two weeks, I'm just going to be the judge. I'm going to keep you guys in check. I'm going to do my hardest to keep you guys on track, to keep the episodes timely, and to just give some observations. It's the best I can do at this moment in time. Thank you all That's for your acceptable. patience. You'll okay. be the Jerry Springer. And exactly. will you do the kind of Jerry's thought at the Absolutely. end of the episode? Do kind of a I Kevin McLeod round yeah. <coughs> Oh my God, the integrity of the story. I'm all about it. Love it. Uh, okay, so, so you're going to kick us off there. Am Gives I going to kick us off? Yeah. I went on a true creep dive. Like, like I haven't since the start of the series, actually. In that... Sorry, it, what? What do you mean? You haven't got a true creep dive, <laughs> Sophie. There is dozens of hours of audio of you on the internet. <laughs> but this is like one of those ones where, like, you know, when you're like at your desk and you're like, oh, I just need to Google what 32 sterling is in euros. And then like you come to four hours later and you're reading like a creepy pasta from 2002. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was the kind of basically day I had prepping this. Okay, amazing. It's a creepy odyssey that takes us from selfie sides to an outlandish dream come true. Okay. What's a selfie side? Oh. I'm glad you asked. Okay. (laughs) I think in my mind, am I allowed to guess? Yeah, I do. Uh, Are you taking a selfie off uh, the cliffs of Moher? Mm, that does fall under the umbrella of the term selfie side. Indeed. Down you go. It is when a selfie has led to an untimely death. 
Um, so the reason I kind of got onto selfie sides was I initially was like, I think I'm going to do a creep dive of the Darwin Awards. Darwin Awards, Cass? Yeah. I Awards love when given she's to just... people who die in stupid ways. <laughs> You Sorry. just did that, yeah. I, why did you I, do that? I wanted a cup of tea. I had no idea. That's what I was looking at. I was like, why on earth oh, would just Jen pop kettle on there, Jen. the kettle on? Oh, she's making a brew. Also, would you just check there's water in that kettle, Jen? Just before you stretch on over, decide you want your first ever cup of tea in the middle of a fucking recording. Just boiling a dry kettle. We could be a Darwin Award. I'm that just, you could be a Darwin Sorry, Award. Sorry, I'm just going to burn down your expensive city centre studio while I'm at it. Put the kettle on. Put the kettle on. Oh, put the kettle on there, Jen. No it's not going to set fire to anything. It'll burn the arse off my kettle, though. <laughs> sure. Keep going, Sophie. She's made a thimble of fucking tea <laughs> in the corner. Uh, it's so weird seeing Jen like try out tea. Like she's no idea what she's doing. Just fucking tell the story. <laughs> Everyone else had a bag with a little tag swinging off it. Back to the Darwin Awards. Okay. Awards given to people, not actual physical awards, but it's like, it's what they call people who die in really stupid ways, isn't it? Yeah. So the Darwin Awards, named for Charles Darwin, com- commemorate individuals who protect our communal humanity gene pool by making the ultimate sacrifice and removing themselves. So ah. it's to, you know, it's like, you know, to keep the gene pool smart, they're kind of taking their own stupidity out of it. And so it kind of started in the mid 80s um, on a site called Usenet, which seems like a very kind of rudimentary sort of social networking site in yeah. the 80s. And um, it was started by, well, so there was users on Usenet who talked about it, but then this woman called Wendy Northcutt, who was a graduate in molecular biology from Berkeley in California, probably not a candidate for the Darwin Awards and mm. um, she kind of took it into being kind of a more serious undertaking when she was at Stanford doing this kind of big research doctorate on cancer and other very complicated complex things and in her spare time she started this kind of website for the Darwin Awards using the kind of Stanford sort of uh, uh, user space and she basically started collecting all the stories of how the people offed themselves through their own stupidity. And there was like a few kind of rules, like a candidate was disqualified if like innocent bystanders, standards who could have contributed positively to the gene pool were killed because of another person's stupidity. Ah, Okay, okay, okay. You couldn't be, if it was somebody who was like, you know, had like a mental disorder that they didn't qualify. It had to be more kind of like just bona fide kind of dumbasses. Okay. And um, so it's like, it's huge. It's, there's been about 10 best-selling books spawned off this website that started in the kind of early 90s. They kind of got more official. They had... Um, they made a movie, a really bad movie with Winona Ryder based on the awards. And it just go, it goes on and on every year. Like there is just millions upon millions of ways that these doomed citizens have um, killed themselves by their own stupidity. A man who tried to cure his constipation by inserting a 19 inch eel into his rectum. <laughs> oh my God. Look, there's no way. 
that was to cure constipation. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, we know about the up arse people, so let's just let's just put him to the side for a minute. What about this guy? Here's a man who wanted to club some chickens to death, so he used the butt of a loaded gun. What? Oh. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. They have to be kind of assholes in some yeah. way, shape or form. Oh, yeah. Like, we're not going to go to here and list off the dumb deaths of nice people. I'm not of nice people. He was trying to kill chickens with a loaded gun. To club them to get to death with the handle of a loaded so gun. weird. The thing was pointing at him. Oh, my God. Amazing. So, like, um, Wendy Northcutt... She had her first kind of website career is this hilarious sounding site called Pet Porn where um, they used to dress up cats and dogs in like negligees and post <laughs> pictures on the internet. I wish that still existed. Could you not find any? Uh, no, no. Jennifer, don't oh, try. Sorry. I was already on a major is... journey with yep. this story. So then anyway, she set up the DarwinAwards.com and I, they, she ended up selling millions and millions of books. Um, publishers were a little like iffy about publishing the material at first um, because it all existed online anyway. And she was refusing to take it down because she was like, it's for the people. The people must have their Darwin Awards. And she has had criticism from like families of people who are featured in the Darwin Awards okay, because fair. all of the stories have to be verified. Like they will have the odd urban legend is like allowed if it had come from the really early iteration of the Darwin Awards. They kind of grandfathered them and said, we'll keep them because by the old rules they were allowed. But everything else is like it is fully substantiated by fact and, and reported how is in proper papers and everything. Is it sort of, is it, well, I guess it is disrespectful in the sense that it's making fun of people. Totally. So like one family member wrote, this is horrible. It has shocked our community to the core. You should remove this. And Wendy Northcutt said, I can't. It's just too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck. Which one was that? Um, I don't know what actual specific story that was on. She basically says that the stories are funny but true safety guides and said that children who read the book are at least going to be much more careful around explosives. When are children around explosives? Um, like that program In America all the fucking time so they're around guns and stuff. Yeah. But it's, do you not remember like 999 and like all of the accidents like all of the, the big accident of the episode was a child who had fireworks in their pockets? Yes. Maybe it was an yes. advert, but I remember really distinctly, and it's an old ad for not going into those electric fields of electricity devices that exist. Yeah, I mean... And do you remember there was a guy, there was a, I was going to say Darth, not, who's the angel of death guy? The, the Grim, Grim Reaper. Reaper. Do you remember that ad? Really scary. Anyway. No, but the Darwin Awards taught me to be less stupid, marginally. I was then thinking about things that like I've done in my life that could definitely have ended up as a Darwin Award. Oh, Too many. Took ecstasy on the roof of a building. Yeah. Come uh, on. Who didn't? Broke into I, <laughs> I broke into a building site with my friend Francis in Liverpool once. Yeah. Like that we ran, we went from the top of a building and I said that to some other people and like I got a lot of nodding. Lots of people have broken into building sites. Yes, I've, broken into building sites. Okay, so anyway, look, I want someone to do a whole podcast series of Darwin Awards, so, but I decided I'd just pick one that's really epic okay. to sum up Darwin Awards and then I'll move swiftly on. Okay. So, in 1995, a man named Robert got an idea. Uh-oh. 
He wanted to do something that no one had ever done before. Uh-oh. He wanted to ride his jet ski off Niagara Falls. Now, come on. Now that... Robert, there's a reason people don't do it. I mean... Did he get a new jet ski for Christmas? <laughs> Pushing he the had limits. done some planning. So, he'd obviously taken some time to think about, you know, the kind of clearance he'd need to achieve to overshoot the falls enough that they wouldn't pummel him down into a watery That he death. would just go into the air and fall down and land and be okay. Wait, no, 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 no. But, but wait a minute. He had a contingency, right? He fitted the jet ski with a rocket booster. No. <laughs> and was wearing a parachute. Not a problem. I can see nothing wrong with this picture. Now, did he tell anyone else or was this a solo? A solo sort of... mish. No, he had, I think he told some friends because I think there's some, there's some pics. Look at her. She's like, I actually don't have any up in front of me, but I'm pretty sure I've looked at them before or else I've looked at bad Photoshop. Um, but anyway, sadly, um, yeah. So the idea was he was going to hit the booster right as he kind of came to the edge of the water drop mm-hmm. and that as he would like arc out from the water, he'd crack open that parachute and sail into glory and history. But instead, he forgot that water is wet and his rocket booster failed and his parachute was all wet. And Right. Yeah. Now, like that's just committing suicide kind of spectacularly, is it not? No, because he wanted, he was excited about his epic adventure over Niagara Falls. He couldn't, he could, somebody would have stopped him. (laughs) I'm watching, here, I'm just going to watch the video. Here it is, 32 seconds. Like I'm looking, okay, here we go. Okay, it's a very old camcorder. Here he comes. He's approaching at speed on his uh, jet ski, confidently standing. He is standing. Now, he's wearing a helmet as well. I can see that there's a backpack on. I'm presuming that's the parachute. But did nobody say? There he goes. (gasps) Right. And I'm looking into the back of someone's head. That was it. I mean, the the jet ski fell from beneath him. And he jumped, what looked like jumped off it. So that was his plan, I guess. He re- he reached the end of the... The lip falls. of the water, yeah. yeah. And he was going to jump and explode a parachute. Yeah. There was no sign of a... You couldn't you can see... You can see the little rocket booster on the back there. Oh, you could you of it. Oh, yeah, okay. you can see it there. Now, it wasn't very powerful if it was there. But it was wet, so it didn't go off. Right, sorry. I can... yeah. See there. Oh, right. Nothing was coming out of it. And that was it. He just died. Jesus. That's at the end of him, that's, is he? That's the end of him. Now, Robert. <sighs> I know. Well, who was he? Had he had a history of stupidity? <laughs> like, are we supposed to be like, oh, poor Rob? I mean, that is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I think the thing with the Darwin Awards is that mostly you're kind of getting people, it's first names, maybe a location. It'll say like verified by Darwin. So the website has investigated and ascertained that it is absolutely fact. Gotcha. But you're often, it's kind of a story told in isolation. Yeah. Nobody has to think about Robert's siblings, whether he had, 
So why, are you, why are you making me go here? No, no, anyway, no. It's just I can't it's, believe. It's pure. It's madness. Yeah, but also like if you go into a bit of a, a even a light dive, even yeah. a shallow dive. I'm sorry to say that footage of Robert is extremely funny. <laughs> Isn't it? Mm. It is. Are you concerned? No. <laughs> She's immune. We've completely worn away any kind of I think if you're going to get on a jet ski and fuck yourself off Niagara Falls, it's not going to end well. Exactly. So I think he was just committing suicide. But why didn't why didn't somebody he knows surely he said it to somebody that he was going to do it. Why did they not be like not a good idea? But like maybe he had a history maybe, of doing this stuff and maybe, he kind of pulled the, the rest of them But it's like when can, bad singers go on the X Factor or Britain's Got Talent or whatever it is. Like, is there no one around who is a bit honest? Susan no. Boyle, I'll be honest. You are you not. Are you're, a be dark honest entity, with yourself, Jen. She gives Jen. me shivers. Be honest she with yourself. Talent. She has an incredible You're voice. as delusional. You're both delusional. She has. She's incredible talent. She has an you incredible are, presence. You're the person there who was laughing when she walked on stage. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I'm still fucking laughing. I... Now, Why every time? Um, then what happened? Okay, so then <laughs> Robert from Robert, I so there's been a real upswing in um, Darwin Awards being awarded to selfie sides. Oh right. Oh, c- are there self actual? F- can you see the picture? That uh huh. Yeah, oh. there's pictures. Yeah, yeah. But so from there, I swung on to a separate side creep of just lists of selfie deaths. Come on, man. Which, Some of these can't be true. No, wait, don't. Ru- oh, God. Oh, yeah. No, no. Don't look at any of the train track ones. Right. I'm. Um, Stop. I'm, okay, okay. That's it. I'm Quick getting off there. Rundown of the kind of phenomenon of selfie related deaths. So, a study last year showed that between October of 2011 and November of 2017, so like a six year period, and remember in 2014, Twitter named selfie like the word of the year, there was. 259 selfie deaths in well actually globally with the highest occurrences in India followed by Russia then the United States the average age is just under 23 years old men outnumber women 3 to 1 on average they're, that's just natural so selection <laughs> exactly right back to Darwin <laughs> thank you guys there's so many that they've actually got a kind of a like a category way of cataloging them. So on this big table that I was reading off, it had like everything listed under like fall, transport, animal. Gunshots, gotta be. Firearm. Yeah. Electrocution. Oh. So many people taking selfies on top of trains with selfie sticks. On top and of hitting the- them off oh. live wires. Oh. So many. What about selfie in the bath with your phone plugged in? I swear to God, I don't that's going to happen to me one day. I don't think your that would kill you. Your phone plugged in, I don't think would electrocute you. Here's a guy who um, tried to take a selfie with a rattlesnake, what? which bit him, clearly. Yeah, Man. like, because you'd have to be down with your face beside oh, it. And like not posing. looking at it. Looking yeah. directly at yourself <laughs> in the screen and not looking at the fucking killer snake and As it just, you. like, goes in for your face. Into your, just, like, grabs your cheek. Here is a man who tried to take a selfie with a bull. Bored to death. Obviously. Um, these are all men, actually. Here's a man from Houston 
who died trying to take an Instagram selfie while holding a loaded gun to his head. He accidentally fired the gun, shot himself in the throat. Yeah. I imagine that's happened loads. You know, like young lads Unreal. showing off with a gun. Yeah. Here's an, exactly the next one. Showing off with his friends, posed with a gun pointed at his face. End up. Dead. Um, this one... <clears throat> There was, so this is one of the train ones. There are so many train ones. Mm. They are horrendous. But this one did make me laugh. Okay. So there was three kids. No, not kids. Like three young people. And they were posing for a selfie. Um, and they were killed by a train, which is just visible in the final picture that they had posted. They'd already posted it. Like So between, they stood on the tracks yeah, posting the picture. Yeah. With the caption, standing right by a train. Ha ha, this is awesome. <laughs> See, that's, look, the difficulty here is the teenage element. And well, they're, they're obviously they're, Now they were kind of in their 20s. Okay. Yeah, but like still, still. This one, now, this is the last one of these, but like 32-year-old woman, I feel like this could so happen. So 32-year-old woman from North Carolina. She was driving when her vehicle veered across the center median line, collided with a recycling truck, left the road, hit a tree and burst into flames. Moments after posting selfies online about how she was listening to Pharrell Williams' song, Happy. Oh, God. (laughs) God. But because we're documenting everything. You so needed to share that. (laughs) The bursting into flames. Because I'm happy. But it is bonkers. <laughs> it is bonkers. Well, Cassie's looking at me like, I'm going to... No, gonna... it just... It is. It's why you're saying it's because of our need to document everything. But like, yeah. document all the action behind you. You know, like there's this fantastic picture of um, people who know me are going to like skip on 15 seconds because I talk about this picture all the time. But there's this fantastic picture of Hillary Clinton during the... Um, when she was running for president and all the entire audience have their back to her and are like the whole audience have their back to her and all have their phones up trying to get her in the background of a selfie because <laughs> it's not just that we're documenting everything now we we're documenting be everything behind us yeah <laughs> it is fascinating though isn't it there's like a kind of surreal like it's t- it's totally unreal it's in the a need to put it's uh, the need to place ourselves at the center of everything that's going okay. on okay it's very narcissistic really when like you think the jesus about it. complex or something or oh. like we're all the star of our own We're all the star of our show. We're all reality show. We're all curating our We're all yeah. creating our Curating our but own But why lives. do we give a fuck about each other's? Keeping up with the Kardashians. Cass- <laughs> no, I don't know if that's going to catch on It wouldn't last <laughs> It would not get renewed <laughs> um, Yeah I don't know I made a smoothie bowl And felt the need to tell the internet What the fuck? I don't know what that is it's but weird. like we're watching it It's a weird sickness Because yeah, I'm we, like Oh we, look someone else Made a smoothie bowl You guys have two podcasts We can't be objective about this No no so no It we're just happens it. so naturally Well it's not like no. We're podcasting Off the edge of a cliff It's just <laughs> Like we're safely In your studio <laughs> I don't know We're on the fourth floor guys it's And just... you did just try To boil an unfilled <laughs> kettle That's true I just want to watch Somebody I wanted to watch A dramatization of that That one particularly because Sophie there is a franchise of films about this it's called Final Destination (gasps) that's what these people are in Final Destination is 
it's like a magical thought experiment that could very well happen to any one of if us. If they made if a modern final, death, if they made a modern it's not final people's, destination, those characters are not stupid. They are outrunning no, their but fate. they're ridiculous, gruesome, <laughs> freak accident deaths. <laughs> if you made Final Destination and now, it would just be all selfie sites. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> back to the actual story. I swear it's coming. Can I drink some of your tea? Just fill up the kettle. No, I can't pour it. Sorry, Sophie. It's delicious. I don't <laughs> know why I did that. Over. Okay, not to worry. Keep okay. going. So, there was another <laughs> um, category of the Darwin Awards. The sorry, honorable... is this just the preamble to your story? Yes, yeah, sorry. Exactly <laughs> <what> <laughs> I had selfie sides of your story, but we're just no. literally chronologically going through your thought process earlier on of your research. I just thought I'd bring you right oh, along. Do you know, because like we're 40 minutes in already, but we'll just <gasps> keep going. Off. No, no, this is no, fine. This this is there was loads of housekeeping loads. up top, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so fine. Now I'm going to talk in double time. There was another category of the Darwin Awards that was the honourable mentions. And it was for people who really did deserve to die through their own stupidity, but had actually survived. Sad. Oh. And that is the story of, that's the portion of the title, An Outlandish Dream Come True. So let me tell you about Larry Walters. Okay. Yeah. So when Larry, who's American, he's born in California, raised in California, when he was about eight or nine, in the 70s, early 70s, kind of late 60s, he was taken to Disneyland. And that one trip, that one little random decision by his parents, let's take Larry to Disneyland, changed the course of his life, guys. Oh. He went to Disneyland and he saw there a woman holding a lot of balloons. And he said, wow. I wonder. A lot of balloons. I mean... You've got enough of those and they're going to lift you up. Yes. Yeah. You know where I'm going? Do you remember this story? No, but I... Okay. Well, actually, it took place before all of us were born, but it's iconic. So, next thing, he's like, being obsessed with balloons now for a few years, he's hitting puberty. What was he doing? Like, when he was was just thinking about them a lot? Just (laughs) thinking, drawing little, like, projects... Exploring helium. What a first thing to be passionate about. I mean, it's benign at least. And for a kind of a teenager of the late 60s, it could have gone worse. Uh. Um, He went to an Army Navy surplus store and that's when he saw the first weather balloon. And he was like, now you're sucking diesel. Did he ever hear of a hot air balloon? Or (laughs) was that just. No, you see, he wanted something between that and. The woman at Disneyland. Okay. He liked the kind of DIY aspect. Okay. Like, he didn't just want a parachute. He knew what parachuting was. He'd heard of it. But he wanted to make his own aircraft. That was like what? Just pure helium balloons. Uh, But like, I'm assuming he also liked the visual of multiple little balloons. Um, Ultimately, that didn't become as important. Okay. But kind of. So... He started experimenting like in his teens with like hydrogen gas, making his own hydrogen generators, inflating balloons. He used to send notes attached to balloons. Very dangerous. It's highly flammable. (laughs) He did a science project when he was in high school 
Um, his project was called Hydrogen and Balloons. Oh. Larry got a D. Ooh. Oh. Mm. Which it's does not like bode the shape well balloon, for him. Yeah. No. Oh. Um, he said, my mother worried a lot, especially when I was making rocket fuel. And it was always blowing up on me or catching fire. It's a good thing I never really got into rocketry. Or I'd have probably shot myself off somewhere. So, Larry was obsessed with flying, as I said. Um, and But, like, it just didn't... It wasn't about air travel. Like, as in, a plane wasn't going to cut it for Larry. He became really consumed by his, like, flying passion. He fought in Vietnam. And he legitimately says that, like, daydreaming about the aircraft he was going to build and his flying adventure, like, fully got him through his service time. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, don't be so hateful. Simple kind of a guy. <laughs> don't be so hateful. Feel like you Jeff led Landry. me here. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the early seventies, he met Carol, who became his longtime partner. This is nice for him. And mm-hmm. um, he revealed his dream to fly. Carol, not happy. No, no, no. She said, "You don't need to do that at all. You crazy man." So he shelved it. He actually shelved it. For 10 years. Okay. Yeah. For Carol. For Carol. And he was working as a truck driver and he was kind of hitting his early 30s. Possibly a kind of a, you know, quarter life crisis. He basically suddenly went, oh, Jesus, it's now or never. Like, I have to do this. And um, he was at the time when, like, inspiration struck. He was in a holiday inn with Carol. When he pulled out all the napkins, started sketching his kind of schematics of the aircraft he wanted to build. Carol eventually realized that like he needed to get this out of his system or she'd actually never just hear the fucking end of it. And um, so he spent the next few months planning the flight. He drove up to a flight school. He did one parachute out of a plane, basically to learn how to operate a parachute and bought a parachute for like $900. Love the 80s. It's Mm. like super, totally easy to be like, I think I want a parachute today. So he got a parachute. The rest of his kit included a two-way radio, an altimeter, a hand compass, a flashlight, batteries, medical kit, pocket knife, eight plastic bottles filled with water that were going to act as a kind of a balancing kind of mechanism. Mm -hmm. Okay. A package of beef jerky, essential, roadmap of California, a camera, two liters of Coca-Cola, what? A BB gun for popping the balloons. Oh, I see where we're going. And the aircraft? It's a lot of heavy garbage. <laughs> I'm assuming he's going to get a lot of balloons. Yeah, he's got a fuck ton of balloons to get. And his aircraft was a lawn chair. Okay. Yes. Mm. Waffle iron, you know that kind of rubber webbing? Yes. It's kind of in a little grid shape. Between aluminium tube frame. Yes. I mean, I would say flimsy, flimsical. So both whimsical and flimsy. There's no seatbelt. No seatbelt. And he did not bother to attach one. Okay. At all. He said that it was tilted at a slight angle. Back. See, that's yeah, what my, okay. I, would, I would have thought that was more than sufficient. Oh, would you? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even occur to me that he needed a seatbelt. You could have been like, Larry's co-pilot. I like, this, I am waiting to see where this could possibly Can go Can I wrong. ask, did he have, did he use the parachute as a thing then to fill the balloons? No. Oh, the sorry. The parachute was the safety thing to right. appease Carol. 
And he'd been parachuting once, so he's confident that he one could, time he could do that <laughs> exactly one time. Okay. Just pull a little string and this it pops it. out of a backpack. You have to yeah. land the thing. Right, go on. I've been on them with a you know a man controlling the thing behind me and yeah, pull a few strings. I mean, come on, can't I, be that hard. I think you could very quickly, absolutely fuck yourself trying to land one of those. No, I'd ah. say it'd be a piece of piss. Well, I mean, more problematic possibly is the no seatbelt and the lawn chair with helium balloons attached to it. And is he just hang a bit hanging off the chair? Like hanging it- off all over the fucking place. Okay. Oh, I think it's a mess. And he's on his own. <laughs> he's got a few mates. He's an independent adventurer. He's an independent kind of guy, but he does have a few mates who are kind of like helping him out. Um, it seems all kind of slow like at one motion. point. Oh my god! Can we get him in the sorry. air? I'm fucking buzzing to hear what happens to him. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, they were delayed now before they got airborne because suddenly one of the friends was like, "Hey, Larry, what if you end up in the ocean?" And so he ran off to buy buy him a life jacket just in case. Oh, oh yeah, okay. that was nice. But that's actually fairly. If they were in California, like it was genuinely quite possible. How do you wear a life jacket and, and a, parachute? a parachute? I know. And who like is he holding the two liter bottle of Coke? I don't or is know. it strapped to him? And whereas he probably has it perfectly centered because like everything else has to be balanced. I mean, one would hope. He said they did a few tests with the BB gun because he actually wasn't confident that the BB gun a pellet would pierce the weather balloons. Oh, right, because that's mm. the fucking biggest well, issue on this yes. situation. <laughs> so then, um, like, and uh, like Larry's mother dead set against this. Obviously, Larry's mother quite legitimately believed he might be possessed by the devil or suffering from PTSD undiagnosed after Vietnam. More likely. And she wanted him to see a psychiatrist. Larry refused. They bought like all these millions of weather balloons and they had to buy, they had to buy tanks and tanks of helium and or hydrogen. Helium? Hydrogen. And they told the lads where they bought the all the gear that it was for um, an ad, that they were shooting an ad the next day. Helium. Mm-hmm. And it was in California and it was, I guess, like easy to kind of pretend that. And then they basically shed, set up shop in the girlfriend's mother's house, just like on a street, you know, right. like in an estate. And his kind of ma- vague plan was to try and fly to the Mojave Desert to land there. How does he, how does he feel he's going to control it once it's in the air? BB good. Like water. I assume that's only going to bring it down. That's oh, the only going to control altitude. Yeah, and the I water. think the water. I don't think there's any sense of steering. No steering is happening. Did I'd he say. T- research the winds? Now they did have a, a plan at one point that he would actually travel tethered to a car, and that the car would like slowly drive him somewhere. But that's then they realised idea. there were so many problems with that idea. Oh. <laughs> 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 Like, yeah, it is yeah, a good solid idea. Solid idea. Overhead like, wires. That's yeah. like the thing they People. do in the sea with the parachute and the jet ski. Exactly. Yeah. He should have just met your man if he was fucking going to Niagara Falls and everyone would have oh, been happy. Larry and Larry just could have been the best mates completely. So, anyway. Um, Robert still would have died. And Larry still could have lived. They were always destined to live and die. <laughs> Never mind. Just like Final Destination. Yeah. And if one of them had lived. Death would stalk them and eventually kill them with like, what, a pencil falling from a height, stabbing them through the heart. That's the kind of shit they always got on Final Destination. Yeah, or like someone's hair getting stuck in the doors of a lift and them getting decapitated as as the lift goes up. Okay, so they had to start inflating the balloons the night before because they had like 55 helium cylinders and... 
every, each balloon once inflated was like taller than a tall man. You know, like it was and about seven balloons? foot in diameter. I think they had a, a good... Got it here somewhere about six. Like I'd say six. more than 60. 60? Oh yeah, they've got fucking tons of them. You can see there's like, when they have it inflated, it's like two heights of balloons. It's really like okay. there's a kind of a lower tier. tier. And then there's an upper tier about 20 feet above the lower tier. Okay. It's, yeah. And like even the police officers were driving past because they're just in like a, a neighborhood. Can I look? I just can I need a visual. Get a visual. Well, yeah, I just there's a few visuals that are not real. But yeah, you'll tell the real one because it's the least exciting looking. I OK. Anyway, the police officers were like, what's going on here? And they were like, oh, we're shooting a commercial in the morning. And um, yeah, so. When the sun, sun came up the next morning, loads of police cars had slowed down because the thing was like 150 feet high by then. <laughs> Can you see it? Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a few, yeah. there's tons of tears. Like, yeah. They're really far apart. There's like four in that shot. And they, as it says here, it's 150 feet high ultimately. That's enormous. Just like extending. 45 helium balloons. Extending yeah. up out of um, like a, a backyard, like a back garden. The sorry, the amount of shite hanging, hanging off them. The coke bottle. Where's the coke bottle? This guy is a hero. So, okay. Anyway, the OG plan was that he was going to rise um, up above the house and hold there, tethered by this length of rope that they had tied around a car to try and hold him down long enough for him to kind of do all his checks, get his bearings. Okay. And then they would release him. But he actually rose at the speed of 800 feet per minute. Oh my (laughs) God. And the inspiration, that's what Larry called his flying deck chair, Reached the end of the tethering rope, snapped it clear, and he just Off he went. fucked it up into the oh, sky. Absolutely amazing. And just Chair kept pitch forward. Larry lost his glasses straight away. <laughs> he had so nice pair aviators. Enjoy That's the views. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, plenty of equipment fell off. Um, they immediately got on the two-way radios, and everyone on the ground was freaking. I read a transcript because he was going up so, and he was straight he up. Shot off like they just couldn't see him from almost instantly so like Larry, Carol's screaming down the radio like Larry Larry come down you've got to come down if we can't see you you can't see you've got to come down he's like I'm a-okay I've got a backup oh sorry so he was come. he was like this is cool this is my oh, dream this was his dream and he was going to live it he was like I can see him just going through a dense layer of fog Carol's like, oh, Jesus Christ, keep talking, Larry. We've got airplanes. They can't see you. You're headed for the ocean. You've got to come down. This is all. Uh, but the... Larry was opting not to come. He was not panicking. Uh, he was enjoying he this. did not He's want to He's been panic. extremely successful. He... He's planted in his lawn chair. He's up above the clouds. He's happy out. <laughs> Maybe he's lost his bottle of Coke, but fucking it doesn't matter. He's up in the sky. But an airplane now. Is he at an airplane heights? No. Well, okay, so he reached 2,500 feet. What's an... Yeah. So that's like... 4,000 is airplane, is it? Um, mm. 2,500. 35,000 is airplane cruising altitude. Yeah, so it, like, it could have been like an airplane. Like, so he's like 10,000 below an airplane. But like... No, no, not yet. Sorry, initially he's like at about 2,500. Yeah. Oh, so that's okay. like the you know, number one World Trade Center, the new building. 
is like 1700. Okay. So like picture how high that is or say the Eiffel Tower is 1000 feet. Okay. He is twice that. Yes. Whoa. He's twice the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. And and he's going to go higher like. And so two um two commercial planes have seen him and are wondering what the fuck that thing is. Jesus Christ, what the fuck is that thing? Um, it's coming the up on their radar. I, he said, the higher I went, the more I could see. I was, there was no way in heck I was going back down. I was just going to have a good time up there. And it was awesome. Sitting in this little chair and like going, look, wow, man, unreal. I could see the orange funnels of the Queen Mary. I could see the Howard Hughes's big seaplane. Then higher up. The oil tanks of the naval station were like little dots. Wow. I mean, he was so fucking high. Literally the sea was blue and, and metaphorically. I could look up the coast for like forever. At one point, I caught sight of a little private plane below me. Uh-oh. I could hear the buzz of its propeller, the only sound. I had this camera, but I didn't take any pictures. This was something personal. I wanted only the memory of it. That was vivid enough. Oh so my god, I love him. I Larry's. know, don't you? But I wanted to get loads of helium balloons and go into the sky. Wait, he has no fear for his life here. He's no, not in any he just way seems like to be in the moment. Well, yeah. Okay. You skeptic. You're Come back to Larry. Okay, so he actually did get to fifteen thousand feet. Jesus. Which is so is that's the, is fifteen Eiffel thin? Towers. Is the air very thin? Cold, yes. Say. Oh, yes. He's about to get into that. It's three vertical miles. That's what fifteen thousand feet is. I mean, this is. So you could. He's probably so not wrong. able to see anything at this stage. His danger anymore, here is just passing out the couch. and falling out of his fucking deck chair, or freezing. A oh, freezing, yeah, of course. So he said the air was getting thin. I thought enough of this ride. I better go into descent and level off. My cruising altitude <laughs> was supposed to be eight or nine thousand feet, and um, and that was. He was like figuring he'd be blown over to the Mojave, I guess. And um, I figured I needed to pop seven of the balloons. Oh, here so we I go. So I took out the air pistol, pointed up and went pew, 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 pew. And the balloons made these lovely little bangs like a muffled pop. And they fell down and dangled below my chair. I put the gun in my lap to check the altimeter. Then this gust of wind came up, blew me over. The chair tilted forward and the gun fell out of my lap. <laughs> Oh, Larry. Larry. To this day, I can see it falling, getting smaller and smaller (laughs) down towards the houses three miles down. And I thought, I hope there's no one standing down there. Oh, Oh, that's nice. That would fucking kill someone. Well, it's nice that he's concerned about someone else instead of, oh, fuck. He said, oh, it was a terrifying sight. I thought, oh, you've done it now, Larry. Why didn't you tie it on? I had backups for most everything. I even had backup BBs in case I ran out of the pellets. Backup CO2 cylinders for the gun. It never dawned on me I'd lose the actual gun itself. (laughs) So he went up about 16,500 feet. The air was very thin. Yeah. He says I was breathing very deeply for air. I was about 15 seconds away from hauling myself out of the chair and dropping down and hoping I could use the parachute properly. Jesus. Yeah. Um, he said later at the FAA hearings, there was hearings, it was estimated that he could have been carried up, up to 50,000 feet and he would have frozen in the chair. Um, 
Imagine like a finding popsicle. a frozen, a frozen dead man, man just like in this contraption in the atmosphere or what? Like it's it's a fucking image. So he actually got down to about 13. He oh, yeah, he started to um, untie the balloons or to cut them off. No, there was helium leaking slowly out of one. So he actually did manage to very slowly start to descend a little bit. And at 13,000 feet, he got into conversation on the radio set with one of the operators from the ground rescue team. So obviously his crew on the ground had called a rescue team. The pilots had radioed in the the commercial airline pilots who were like, there's a there's a guy up here in a chair. Um, so everyone knew like shit was going down. And so then he was talking to this operator and he was going, um, I need help. And the operator was like, what airport did you take off from? And Larry was like, no, no, I mean, I'm just, I'm not in an authorized aircraft. And they're like, so where did you take off from, sir? And then he just went, my point of departure was, um, 1633 West 7th Street, San Pedro. And the guy's like, can you say the name of the airport again? He's like, it's not an airport. <laughs> then he's like, the difficulty is this is an unauthorized balloon launch. I know I'm interfering with general airspace. I'm sure my ground crew has alerted the proper authorities. I mean, I'd say they're fucking actually hitting the bong. Like. Yeah. <laughs> but could you just call them and tell them I'm okay? The ground control official breaks in on another frequency and he's like what color are your balloons sir and he's the guy as if like to differentiate from all the other balloons around yeah so larry's like the balloons are beige in color i'm in a bright blue sky they should be highly visible um so then they're asking about what size the balloons are he's like look they're seven feet in diameter i have about 35 hanging off me and then the uh, the official is finally like did you just say you have a cluster of 35 balloons and um, Larry basically says, I think I'm coming in to land. Can you just tell Carol that I love her and I'm doing fine? Please do over and out. Was he? So he was slowly coming down to the ground. Okay. And he'd been up in the air for about an hour and a half. But as he was coming down, he describes how he could start to hear the noise of traffic and voices and he could even hear conversations like really well. Mm. Something about the kind of, I mean, it's not acoustics, but however the sound was carrying from way up high, he could hear quiet conversations. It was, sounds fascinating. Or starting to. Or he's starting to hallucinate. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, he um, took his pen knife and he slashed the water bottles. Do you remember the big water bottles oh, he yeah. had yes. for balance? He, he had a pen knife. Mm. But surely the balloons were on, were on strings. Yeah, but they were ages oh, yeah. above him. And, he would and have if been he cut the pull, ones closest to oh, him. Oh, to cut yeah. the strings. I, yeah, it doesn't okay. look like... I don't think that would have been an idea. Not an option. I think he would have done it if it was. Probably probably would have caused a descent too quickly, would it? Yeah, and then sure he couldn't jump off. And all off. the crazy unbalancing and oh, I exactly. don't know. If but he anyway, tried to parachute from his chair, it would just get sucked up into the balloon mess. I think he basically sort of started to empty the water bottles to try to steer okay. this landing. Mm -hmm. And so I'll just read his because it's so good. I looked down at the ground getting closer and closer, about 300 feet. And Lord, you know, the water's all gone, right? And I could just see these rooftops coming up and then these power lines. And the chair went over this guy's house. And I kind of nestled into these power lines hanging about eight feet under the bottom strand. If I'd come in a little higher, the chair would have hit the wires and I would have been electrocuted for sure. Whoa. I could have been dead and Lord knows what. Wow. 
It's ironic because the guy that owned the house, he was out reading his morning paper on a chaise longue next to his swimming pool. And you know, just the look on this guy's face, like he hears the noise as I scraped across his roof and he looks up and sees this pair of boots and a chair floating right over him under the power lines, right? And he sat there mesmerized, just looking at me. After about 15 seconds, he got out of his chair and he said, hey, do you need any help? (laughs) And I guess what? It turns out he was a pilot, an airline (laughs) pilot on his day off. There was a big commotion in the street with getting me down with a stepladder and they had to turn off the power to the whole kind of that area of the grid because he was fucking tangled in these power lines. Okay, Robert is a hero. He's a hero. And um, Larry. Larry, sorry. Robert's still dead. Oh, sorry. Fuck Larry. So anyway, the police arrive and they're like, License and registration, sir. Well, they basically have to see his driver's license because they kind of don't know what else to do. But did they not know who he was? I mean, were they not looking but for But presumably him? he's quite far away from where he started as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, Because like yeah. he's gone up. But I guess... Been blown. He's been up for an hour and a half. He's not going to have just gone straight up and come back down. He's going to gone up. I'm waiting for like he's in... Zimbabwe or something. <laughs> no, he's still in California. <laughs> but I, yeah, I actually don't know how many miles kind of on the ground he actually, he moved. But like, yeah, fair car dr- journey away from yeah. where he'd started. And um, they just didn't know what to be doing with him, really. Do you know, the police were like, this feels like you were kind of doing something wrong, but we don't know what to charge you with. And then we were kind of like, Did then they like the power lines or... Well, they had to shut off the electricity while they got him down. But no, they basically said, "Okay, you're free to go. And he like autographed bits of the balloons like it was a mob scene, like because a man in a deck chair just landed in the neighborhood. And he like gave the deck chair to this little kid who just lived on that street. He's a hero. Larry's deadly. He is. Later, the Smithsonian wanted to display that deck chair in the early 2000s for like a a big exhibition. She does not belong in this near Darwin award. Well, I know. He's so clever. He did successfully do it. He did this. He totally did it. Like nothing like Robert's shitty jet ski plan. This, I mean, there was shitty elements to it, no doubt. But those balloons looked seriously well thought out yeah like totally. I, the deck chair element was it was it's, just a he needed a lightweight look it was a frame it was exactly. an aluminium frame yeah. NASA makes stuff with aluminium surely Who I knows? guess it goes to show he wasn't like he wanted to fly he yeah. didn't necessarily want to land safely he his ultimate goal here was to just be in the moment and experience yeah, it exactly yeah and I love the no photos yeah like because that it's like he was really pure with it. But like yeah. to take a photograph would have to been to like mediate the experience and in some way remove himself from yeah. it. What to this miss part of it? Just yeah. achieved his dreams. Well, yeah. Oh no, no! This episode, this is the creep dive. Oh, what? Well, oh. no, it's not that. Oh, will I just we go on? We were on such a high. What happened to that? Okay, I just I want to weep. So, okay. So, Larry, he did an interview with um, a journalist called George Plimpton, right? Who tracked him down and he wanted to talk to him all about the balloon escapade. And he tra- this was like, you know, a good like 10 years after. If you dare come at me and tell me that it was a hoax, I'm walking out and we're never recording another episode. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't do that. It's, I think it's worse. 
Okay, what happened? Okay, so George Plimpton interviewed Larry and um, he was like, so what was it like after it was all over? This is 10 years after the fact, he's asking Larry. And Larry says, well, life seems a little empty because I always had this thing to look forward to, to strive for and dream about, you know. And it got me through the army and Vietnam, just dreaming about it. And um, so they left, they parted ways and... George Plimpton was going to write this big piece about Larry, like for the kind of 10 years after and in he's a big New Yorker journalist. And then he got a call from Larry asking him to not write the story. Um, which again, like this is just Larry, like Larry doesn't want the New Yorker write up. Yeah, what? He just wanted His to fly. Body. Yeah. You know, it's sad. Well, no, it's not sad. It's like there's something so pure about it. Anyway, he so rang. So authentic. Yeah. He rang George Plimpton and he basically is like, I'm sorry, I don't want you to write this story. And George Plimpton said, sure. Like he did give reason. He sort of was like, oh, I f- he, it would be the less in his chances of getting to like tell his story at aviation clubs to other enthusiasts and things like that. And um, so... um. They agreed that he wouldn't write anything. And, uh, you know, George Plimpton said, oh, you know, what are you doing now these days? And Larry said that he had taken up hiking in the San Gabriel Mountains. And, you know, he just was loving the outdoors. And he said, you know, some people take drugs to get high. I literally get high when I'm in the mountains. I feel alive. I've got my whole world right there. The food, my sleeping bag, my tent, everything. So Larry basically went on to become a volunteer forest ranger. And so he was in the place that he loved. And then, so his mother said much later that he kind of like really got very spiritual, kind of like fell in love with God. Him and Carol had parted ways and he was spending a lot of time in the mountains and being a volunteer forest ranger, he'd like hike out and camp out. For days and days and they'd contact the kind of dispatcher office to kind of radio in their location um, each day and things like that so that all the volunteers everyone knew where everyone was in this big huge wilderness so he had done this volunteer forest rangering with this woman and um, one night Larry didn't radio back and um so they launched a rescue, a search and rescue for him. Um, and she said, oh, you know, he loves this one particular campsite. She showed them where it was. And she said, so he was inside the tent. So he was in his sleeping bag. Oh, Everything no. was very neat. His shoes were neatly placed outside. His camp trash was hanging in a tree. So the bears and the raccoons couldn't get to it he'd shot himself in the heart with a pistol well hmm why I just think oh I know I'm so sorry (laughs) I'm so sorry Larry I know it's like fucking heartbreaking yeah like he'd reached the pinnacle and nothing ever compared to it since so he was 44 only 44. Oh my God. Yeah. So he was like about 33 when he did his flight. Should totally dedicate this episode to I Larry. I know, to Larry. 
Um, I mean, he is known now on the internet as Lawn Chair Larry, which feels a little bit. Let's go. Larry Walters was his but name. But I'm sure people. He was want... a magical person. Damn. He obviously was. Yeah. I, I'm sorry I brought, I brought you guys here, no. but I had gone there, so I needed to How sad. upload it onto you guys. That's why oh when I met God. you outside, I was like, I'm so full of creeps, but like really weird, sad creeps today. Oh. But isn't it like, there's something really uplifting too about that story. Literally. Literally. Oh, totally. Oh, it's, it was a beautiful story and you should have just ended it. I'm sorry. I, I know. I, when I was like in it, I was like, ah, oh, Larry. Larry's a legend. Didn't you get the I feeling though? I thought I was going to maybe stump, I thought I was going to be able to go over in a minute and watch Larry's TED talk. But no. No, it did feel like that initial m- mission, he, his safety, like I was saying, wasn't a concern for him. Mm. He sort of wasn't, I don't know. You got the sense a bit like. Like not as tethered to life ground. as, but yeah. like not just like literally tethered, but just like not feeling as present in yeah. life yeah like he yeah. was happy to do yeah. this and strike out and see how it worked and see exactly. what happened and stay and there. see how it felt and whatever happened after yeah he was ready for that too yeah. or ready to accept it yeah maybe in his head he might have thought that's how he was gonna go I and mean, then when he didn't he sort of loved carol so I, I do feel like well he rang in to say tell her i'm okay well i tell her i love her but, but then they separated right. yeah, yeah. They did part ways after that. But not like immediately after. It wasn't connected. They had drifted apart. And he had like his mom and his sister seem really close. Oh, oh I'm so, so sorry, sad. guys. I'd say he was obviously quite an eccentric character to have around or like a very determined character anyway. Yeah. It must have been very sad for those around him. I know. It's very oh, oh, that's heartbreaking. To Larry. And from my quick Google there, it seems that people do these lawn chair flights like a lot of people have mimicked it oh yeah or yeah people even mimic it in pop culture because there's a picture there that it's obviously a more recent lawn chair flight mm. but it literally looks like the go the up one. Oh, sorry oh yeah, yeah. cluster ballooning yeah so mm. like that's obviously because this isn't him no it's really pretty that one isn't it yeah larry's one is really cool though because of the kind of different levels of balloons it's pretty serious. And there that. is in fact, there is actually footage on YouTube um, from like NBC Nightly News and you can watch a bit of the yeah. kind of takeoff, which is very cool. So this, but this cluster ballooning is obviously like a, an extreme sport or something now. There's loads of pictures of cluster ballooning, but it's like, it's as if, what's the thing you do when you're in a, you're in the like parachute type one or paragliding? Mm. Yeah. And they're kind of in a harness. And they're obviously better regulated and better controlled. Yeah. Oh, I'm watching the video. You can see the part when it snaps. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of shoots. And he's sort of, it's a close up of him in the chair. Anyway, poor Larry. That was a great story. I want to go cluster ballooning. (laughs) That needs to be a film. I know. It really reminds me of um, Into the Wild as yeah. well, that story. Or Man on a Wire or one oh. of those sort of super focused yeah. individuals just determined to do his thing. Yeah. Oh, and he yeah. did. Go Larry. Go Larry. Well, Sophie, thank you. I thank you. No, thank you. I feel, <laughs> I feel really strange I feel because strange. I feel like I was really uplifted. Same. I'm really into it. So and now I'm just... 
Yeah, but like um, it's not. It's just so sad. I was a not great a story. Usual creep. A very good not story. a usual creep. But I also think there's something in it about like no one's life being defined by their death, and maybe that's something you can take from it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I know it's really sad that oh, that's yeah. how Larry ended up dying, but I don't know. He was obviously just a complete not original. Just not, an original, you know. Not for this world, yeah. physically. Here's to Larry. To Larry. Thanks, Larry. Um, and thank you all for listening, following, reviewing, subscribing, and giving us your dollars. Yes. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.